Hey, good afternoon, guys. It's Monday, July 6th, 2020, and welcome to episode 14 of the podcast. Um, hope everybody had a great holiday, 4th of July weekend. Um, uh, haven't published for a few days now, so a bunch of things to kind of catch up on. Uh, but there are two general ones I wanted to focus on with this episode, um, kind of two distinctly different things. Um, so first item uh, that I'm going to go over is kind of an update on some of the tax work uh, that I've been doing, not for myself personally, uh, but for another individual, um, and kind of share some lessons learned, some experience on that. And then the second thing is kind of give an update on the Wealth for Real effort, uh, the book, the website, etc. So I'm uh, going to try to keep this episode short, so kind of dive right in. Uh, basically, uh, from a tax perspective, working on uh, Form 1120-S, that's the corporate tax return for an S corporation. Um, and uh, my sister, Alexander, if you're listening, uh, just to give you a quick shout out here. Um, that is her tax return uh, for her business, uh, LLC that she formed in 2019 and uh, uh, elected S corporation status uh, at the same time, essentially uh, one right after the other. Um, so anyway, uh, working on that tax return uh, using TurboTax, uh, business uh, to create the return. Um, if you guys are handling your own taxes, uh, I, I definitely think that TurboTax uh, can be a great piece of software for you to use. Um, there's probably other ways to do it out there, but that's the most popular one and the one that you're most likely to end up using if you are doing it on your own. Um, so I definitely recommend if you are going it alone, just stick with the tried and true TurboTax program. I wouldn't get fancy with anything else. Uh, it's going to guide you step by step. It's going to have a lot of explanation along the way. Uh, it is fairly intuitive and easy to use. There's going to be some things that come up probably when you're filling out a return that it's going to ask you and you may not know the answer to. And yes, you may have to go outside the program and do a little bit of research and kind of follow up separate from the actual software. Um, but to that end, uh, one thing I would mention about using TurboTax, um, and of course it is a paid service, so you would not, you know, you, you're going to pay extra for this basically. And I don't remember the amount off the top of my head. Um, but they have a live support um, mechanism built into the program that I've now used on almost every return that I've prepared, uh, personal and corporate, and it is worth its weight in gold. Okay, let me just be be really uh, succinct about that. Um, you basically the process you follow is you you are in your you know you're logged in to TurboTax online, and by the way, that's where you get it from. It's not the TurboTax desktop program, but it's when you have a TurboTax online account. Uh, where usually that's where you're going to prepare your personal form 1040. But anyway, you have your account, you're in the online account, there's a little icon in the lower right says live support or live help. When you click that, it gives you a few different options. You can chat with somebody, you can request a call, you can schedule a call. Um, and I've usually just used the get a call. So you you go in, you say get a call, and it tells you you're about 20 minutes, 40 minutes, 80 minutes, whatever, uh, from us calling you, you know, you enter your phone number and you just wait and they'll call you. Of course, like I said, you can schedule it. You can pick a, an advanced date and time. 
Uh, I haven't done that before, but you have that option, and you can do the chatting. For me, when I'm talking tax matters, it's too complicated usually to just type it out in a chat, but you do have that option. So anyway, TurboTax Live, um, when you get somebody on the phone, you're going to have sort of a, a tier one kind of response. Somebody who is familiar with the program, could resolve any lower level issues for you uh, if you have those type of issues, but they then have the ability to forward you or schedule you into a call with a CPA if you have uh, tax-related issues, you know, something that has to do with the way you fill out the return from a tax standpoint, not from a program or software standpoint. Um, so I've, I've used the TurboTax Live, like I said, you know, on several occasions, and I've had to use it for uh, this return on multiple occasions. Uh, and I'll get into why in a second. But the point is, used it last week, using it again today. In fact, I uh, should be getting a call sometime this evening, hopefully, uh, from a CPA. If it doesn't happen this evening, it'll it'll come tomorrow. Uh, but super, super helpful, guys. I mean, and yes, it has a price tag, and it's not a tiny one. But if you want to do it on your own, but you kind of want to backstop and you don't want to pay a few thousand dollars for, you know, an actual tax advisor to do your return. This is a nice in-between option. You you can use it as much as possible or as much as you need to. Um, and just it's it's on demand. Right? As you're doing your return, you call up some help and you can go over an issue with somebody. And they'll share the screen with you so they can actually look at the return, look at what you're looking at, and you can do it together. Um, so... You know, definitely super, super, super helpful. I can't stress that enough. Now, why is this return complicated? I mean, why have I ended up using TurboTax Live for a bunch of times for this? Well, it just so happens that when you're doing a Form 1120S, and I think it's just Form 1120 in general, um, <clears throat> there's a section of the return um, called the balance sheet. And I, I think its technical, technical term is Schedule M. Uh, if I remember correctly, L or M or maybe both uh, because there's some multiple parts to it. But anyway, the balance sheet is essentially from your bookkeeping, you're inputting, you know, you know, from the books that you've kept, you would normally be able to create a bunch of financial reports. One of them is a balance sheet. And so you'd essentially carry over that balance sheet into the tax return. Okay, so you take your numbers, you know, whatever you had in QuickBooks or if you did it by hand or wherever you keep your data uh, for the company and you just start hand jamming in, you know, what are my assets? What are my liabilities? What was my retained earning? You know, all these types of data points. And, you know, TurboTax will make sure it all balances. It will tell you if it balances. And that's that. You know, you've then completed that section. It's a little bit of a complexity because if there's any issue with the books or if, you know, which hopefully there isn't, you know, hopefully your books are clean and they, and they work out okay. But if you're carrying over data from your books to TurboTax and maybe you're not, you know, TurboTax may call something, something different than the way you have it coded. You know, you just have to make sure you're carrying things over correctly and so long as you do carry over the numbers correctly and you've 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 put everything where it's supposed to be, I mean it is going to balance. But the point is, uh, there could be some questions along the way. There could be you know points where you're not 100% sure, and if it's not balancing, then obviously you have an issue that you have to resolve either on your own or you can use the TurboTax Live. So, um, you know, absolutely, it's 
supposed to be straightforward. You shouldn't have a problem with it if you have to do the balance sheet. Uh, but you have TurboTax Live there in case you need it. Now, the interesting thing for me personally is the S corporation that I have in Virginia, there is no balance sheet required. Okay, it's only required if you have over two hundred fifty thousand dollars in assets, uh, or you're worth over a million dollars. Well, I don't fit either category, so you know, unfortunately. So yeah, I don't have to do the balance sheet for Virginia. I just fill out my federal return, I carry over to the state, and I can skip the balance sheet portion. Now, before I did this podcast, I did look up what states require a balance sheet. And I don't remember them off the top of my head, but it was like five to 10 different states, some number in that range that require you to do the balance sheet. And my sister's company uh, has to file for, it's the Delaware Corporation that's also registered in, um, uh, in New York. So Delaware doesn't require, doesn't even require the return because if you're a Delaware corporation and you do business outside of Delaware, which a lot of people do, you don't have to file anything for them. So there's no state return for Delaware. That was kind of nice to find out that. But uh, for New York, she has to file and she has to have a balance sheet. So this was brand new for me. I'd done a couple of S-Corp uh, tax returns for myself in 2018 and 19. Um, and I'm about to do my third one. Uh, for for uh, tax year 2019, uh, you know, here in the next couple of weeks, I'll be putting that one together. But I've never done the balance sheet in there before, and this was a first for me. So just kind of a heads up to you guys, uh, you know, you can Google it, you know, which states require a balance sheet in a Form 1120, and you can find out there and, you know, kind of go 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 from that point. Um, if, you know, you can figure out ahead of time, I guess, whether you're going to need to do one or not. So um, I think I would just kind of finish this part of the podcast by saying, I mean, what's the takeaway here? The takeaway is make sure you have the books in order before you do your tax return. If you don't have to do the balance sheet, you could get away with it. You could you could enter numbers and expenses and income and so forth that you think is right or whatnot. But if it's but if it's not correct in your books, you may have that catch up to you later in an audit. Now, the nice thing about having to do the balance sheet is it forces you to make sure your books are correct because you can't go any further if they're not. You know, I mean, obviously you can hand jam in bad data, but that's not a good idea either. And I don't recommend that, obviously. Uh, You want it to be right. I mean, you want your books to be right and you want it to go into the tax return right. So if you don't have it right in your books, when you try to put it into the balance sheet um, in the uh, tax return, uh, it's not going to work out um, with, of course, the exception being if your books are incorrect, but they balance, then you can carry, you know, you can carry that bad data over into your tax return. It's not going to catch it because it balances. But, you know, obviously, um, if it doesn't balance and you didn't see it in your books, you'll see it in the tax return because you won't be able to advance in the program uh, if you can't get it all to kind of work out. So. Again, lesson learned there is, um, and in our situation with the, my sister and I and my dad doing the uh, the books for her, uh, it was just a matter of circling back and making sure certain things were coded properly and, and stuff like that uh, for certain types of transactions, home office deduction, internet expenses, things like that. Um, so really no no big deal. I mean, easy fix, no problem. But it was kind of a way to catch that, and it was kind of a way to see that that was kind of all lined up before we go any further 
So now we have the books exactly correct and coded correct and so forth, and then the balance sheet balancing and the tax return and and so forth going forward from there. So um, anyway, so that that's kind of the first thing. If you guys are doing tax returns, you're doing them on your own, uh, obviously you're going to save money, but you're probably going to spend time. So I could do a whole other podcast about that experience I've had with taxes and S-Corp election and so forth. Uh, but we'll leave that for another time. So that's just something I'm kind of working on, uh, some new lessons learned on that, um, on the tax front. Um, now over to Wealth for Real, uh, you know, obviously launched a book a couple weeks ago, published it to Kindle recently. Um, so just an update there. I mean, I mean, nothing real different or big happening since then. I mean, the books are out. We got them uploaded and all that. Uh, but did some work on the Instagram page uh, late last week into the weekend. Uh, basically just filled out the, the initial grid, you know, the first nine posts that somebody sees. You know, if they pulled up your profile, they see nine posts at the bottom. Um, so just want to make sure those were populated. Uh, and I took care of that, um, you know, fairly easily. I mean, basically what I did was, and if you guys are designing Instagram posts or, you know, social media posts or whatever, a great app that you can just throw on your phone is Adobe Spark Post. Um, so Adobe, like an Adobe, you know, Photoshop, Adobe, whatever, PDF, that company. Uh, Adobe Spark Post. So just went in there, built out a super simple template, you know, white background, black border around it, and some text in the middle. And I just put in different concepts from the book that I'd emphasized, things like, depreciation, 1031 exchange, you know, cash flow, appreciation, stuff like that. And so I had that, um, that template as the visual. And then in the caption, I borrowed almost word for word. I did a little modification in some cases, but almost word for word pulled some text out of the book that supported each of those concepts. And so it was a way to kind of build out that initial, uh, series of posts, uh, besides the logo, I put the logo first. And then the other eight posts were these, uh, these concepts uh, so it just kind of drives home all these advantages of real estate and, you know, offshoots of real estate that are going to benefit somebody who invests in it um, and, and got that populated in the Instagram account. So what I also did was kind of interesting. I took the top five reasons to invest in real estate, made an Instagram story out of that, and then saved it as a highlight. So it's actually kind of like permanently in, in my account now uh, as a highlight. Somebody could click that and they just see the top five reasons for uh, investing in real estate advantages one through five essentially so that was some good progress there. i was happy to get that page up and running got a bunch of accounts followed in the real estate sector finance stuff like that got to add more accounts to follow but you know got a good initial i think we've got like 90 or 100 accounts i'm following in there that i can you know that i can kind of synchronize with and and comment on their pages and get get my message out that way uh, same time this weekend, was able to finish up, did a, about half at the end of last week and half over the, week, over the Saturday, Sunday period of time, uh, just typing up some textual content for the website, um, you know, in, in the basic major categories, you know, some text for real estate, some text for taxes, some text for corporations, some text for um, debt or leverage, and just basic kind of anchor text that I can put on those pages on the website to get them initially populated. It's not perfect. I'm probably going to go back and tweak it or add to it or subtract from it at some point, but it's enough to get it started. So it's a basic framework uh, that the website would be based on those topics. Each topic would have a page 
most likely. And now I've got text for those pages. So that was kind of a big deal to get that kind of generated. I mean, some of it I already had. Some of it was in the book, and I just had to kind of re-wicker it. And some of it was brand new stuff that I had to to come up with uh, uh, from scratch. So that was kind of a nice little push down the road to get this thing closer to uh, to finished. Um, then um, other development there, I got a second affiliate signed up uh, to sell the book. So we've got two individuals who are affiliates in the account on Gumroad uh, who if they sell the book, you know, it's $9.99. If they sell the book, they get 50% of the proceeds. Uh, you know, they get four ninety nine, I think. Um, and, um, you know, I get the other five bucks, I guess, or whatever. If I did the math correctly there. <laughs> but, um, so, so basically, you know, excited to get more people signed up who, you know, want to spread the message, you know, believe it's qualitative and want to make some money off of it. So, uh, you know, two people so far and, you know, hoping to add, uh, to that number. So, Anyway, um, other than that, uh, you know, the next big phase on the uh, Wealth for Real concept is to build a website, and that's going to be a little bit of a slog. I think I mentioned to you guys in a previous episode that I downloaded the Divi theme editor for WordPress and kind of just played around with it the first day I downloaded it, and it was intimidating. I mean, it's the simplest of the WordPress design themes from what I have found out. But for somebody like me who's never designed a website before, it was still quite imposing. So anyway, just going to kind of roll up my sleeves and go play around with it in there. And it's going to take a little while, I think, to, to get it to a point where I think it's it can be launched and it, and it can be legitimately uh, consumed by, <laughs> by a visitor. Uh, but uh, for now, just kind of content to go in and play around, learn from it, and just see what kind of shakes out of that tree. So, uh, But that's the next big step for Wealth for Real is to actually start visually design, designing that website and, and piecing it together. So uh, this week, have a couple mornings, you know, 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. type time blocks uh, set up in the planner uh, to just kind of, you know, wake up, grab a cup of coffee and just, you know, get in there and kind of play around with it and see what happens. Uh, but I want to get at least a couple sessions in this week to do that. And then I'm sure it's going to spill over into next week and who knows how much longer before <laughs> before I can get it together. But at least, you know, social media presence has kind of come together fairly quick, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So that's good. Definitely active out there. Book is uploaded, published. So that's out there live uh, for sale. So really now kind of circling back to what I would call the home base and the home base is the website. So uh, that last piece will, will basically be the longest. So anyway, that's kind of it for today, guys. Just uh, you know, appreciate you listening, checking in on on some of the stuff I'm working on, uh, continuing to share lessons learned and lumps and bruises along the way. So, um, you know, you can follow uh, Twitter at CJ Anastasio, Facebook at Christopher Anastasio LLC. Um, the Wealth for Real, you can find Instagram at Wealth underscore for Real. So that's all one word there at Wealth underscore for Real. And uh, Twitter at wealth underscore four underscore real. So you can get the Twitter account there. So anyway, appreciate you guys listening. And uh, we'll check in with you again hopefully tomorrow, but definitely by Wednesday. Uh, Thanks again. Bye-bye.